Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode number 77. Our guest today is Bob Emiliani from the Center for Lean Business Management. Uh, he's a previous guest. This is now his fourth appearance on the Lean Blog Podcast, and you can go to www.leanpodcast.org. Uh, to find links to old episodes where Bob talks about some of his previous books. But today we're going to be discussing uh, quite an old book that he rediscovered and republished by Frank Willard called The Principles of Mass and Flow Production. So today Bob will talk about how he found this book, uh, the research that it inspired, and why this book is relevant today uh, as a matter of uh, some important lean history. So as always, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. Bob, it's great to have you joining us once again here on the Lean Blog Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah, and I'm glad we're going to be able to talk about a recent project of yours where you republished a, an old out-of-print book written by Frank Woolard. So I was wondering if you can tell the listeners, you know, who was Frank Woolard and what did he do? Sure. Uh, Frank Woolard is uh, regarded as one of the fathers of the British motor industry. Um, he was born in uh, London in 1883, uh, a very modest background. He was the son of a, of a butler, and his, his mother was a kitchen maid. Um, he had some aptitude for technical things, so he apprenticed uh, uh, as a mechanical engineer for a railway uh, starting around 1899, and in that job was first exposed to a, a very basic form of flow production. Uh, and then around 1905, he entered the British uh, automotive industry as a parts designer. Uh, two years later, he joined a company called E.G. Wrigley in Birmingham, and they are a maker. They were a maker of uh, uh, gearboxes, axles, steering components, and other components for uh, British automobile companies. In that job, he was chief draftsman. But a few years later, he uh, took on responsibilities as production engineer, and it was there that he reorganized production from batch uh, to a simple form of flow. Uh, primarily to uh, meet the increase in orders for vehicle components. Uh, from there, um, a gentleman named William Morris, who was the founder and owner of Morris Motors Limited, uh, got to know Woolard f- first when he was working at Wrigley. And uh, they had developed a relationship over the years, and Morris recognized Woolard's uh, talents in part design and production and then named uh, Woolard general manager of uh, Morris Engines Limited in January of 1923. And upon getting that assignment, Woolard immediately uh, led the reorganization of, of engine production from batch to flow because that was the, uh, the bottleneck area. And so Woolard was able to increase output from, from less than 300 uh, engines uh, per week in, uh, in, in January 1923 to 600 engines per week by the end of that year to 1,200 uh, engines per week by December 1924. So what's so interesting about all of this is that the major changes in production system design took place remarkably quickly over a period of less than two years. And and in comparison, a reorganization of Toyota's engine shop some 25 years later uh, in the 1950s took six years to do and at half the production volume that was produced at Morris Motors. Uh, in, a, in addition, what, Mo- what Woolard did was uh, remarkably similar to current-day lean production principles and practices. 
Uh, his flow production system included most of today's uh, lean principles and processes, and, and in particular things like U-shaped cells, multi-skilled workers, working to attack time, standardized work, just-in-time, supermarkets, automation, and, and quick changeover. So remarkably, that, you know, that's just a, a short list. There's more. Um, Woolard also um, had the distinction of proving prior to Toyota that achieving flow in lower volume production compared to Ford resulted in costs that were nearly as low as, as that which you could achieve in large-scale mass production. And uh, another uh, thing uh, that he did that's uh, distinctive was that he was the first to develop mechanical materials handling equipment known as automatic transfer machines, which were well ahead of their time. You know, around 25 years later in the, in the, in the 50s, late 40s and early 50s, these things would begin to become common in the global automotive industry. So overall, there's, what we have here is that Woolard's contribution to progressive manufacturing uh, management practice is really substantial and comparable to uh, Taichi Ono's work. Well, that, that is uh, surprising considering how far back um, in history this goes. I mean, how, how did you find out about Mr. Woolard and his contributions? Well, I was I was researching the uh, the, the the Maxi Silbertson automotive cost reduction curve. I was trying to find out more about that, and I eventually uh, tracked it down to their uh, 1957 book, The Motor Industry. And that's where the authors, the economists George Maxi and Aubrey Silbertson, referred to Woolard's work on flow production, and uh, in the 20s, and then later, uh, and as well as his book that was published in 1954. So I found a copy of Woolard's book and was just really blown away by what I had read. So um, that that got me, you know, very energized to start a, a year-long research program to to learn more about Woolard's life and work. And I uncovered a huge amount of um, of new information. And um, along the way, I've been working very closely with a former Morris Motors employee and uh, a Morris Motors historian. Uh, Peter Seymour, uh, as well as his colleagues Jonathan Wood and Robin Barraclough, who are well-known historians of the British uh, motor industry. Um, so to, in, in continuing to research this, this past summer I, I, I visited uh, Birmingham and Coventry, England, met, and I met Peter there, and uh, we researched uh, Woolard and reviewed uh, his archives, and I learned just a tremendous amount of new information about his life and work, as well as I came across uh, some uh, journal papers written by others in the early 20s that, that uh, tremendously helped contextualize Woolard's accomplishments. And, and, and those other papers written by somebody else um, just enabled me to say without hesitation that Woolard uh, was truly a, a great 20th century pioneer in progressive management and flow production and industrial automation. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's certainly news to me, and I'm sure it is to a lot of listeners, a new piece of you know, industrial history, lean history. I mean, why do, why do you think his work is important looking at it today and putting it in context? Well, I think there are several reasons. Um, the, the first one is that his application of flow production beginning in 1923 really means that timelines for discoveries, and, and attributions of key uh, accomplishments in lean, in lean management need to be revised. So, in other words, the lean, t- lean timeline needs to really uh, now include Woolard. Uh, his, his work is uh, also important because 
he wasn't a, a technocrat like uh, others prior to him that were really uh, mainly interested in using new machines and so forth to replace workers and increase output. And that was far from it. He, he warned people that flow is the objective and the machinery can be helpful, but it is not necessary to achieve it. And he warned against falling in love with machinery for its own sake. Um, another reason why Woolard's work is so important is that he viewed people as, as, as part of the production system, not separate from it. And he gave them responsibilities that would have normally been handled by supervisors in those days. He allowed workers to uh, participate in efforts to improve production processes, which was innovative for its time. But, you know, what he did, of course, was more rudimentary and more limited compared to uh, what Toyota did post-World War II, which was a very systematic development of workers' capabilities. Um, I think by now most people are familiar in lean management are two principles, continuous improvement and respect for people. And Woolard understand both. Um, he understands the idea and practice of continuous improvement in a flow environment. And he said, uh, let me quote here, that the virtue of flow production lies in the fact that it brings all inconsistencies into the light of day and so provides the opportunity for correcting them, unquote. He, he also said, quote, the high visibility conferred on the company's activities by flow production will lead to unceasing and continuous improvement. Uh, additionally, he, he understood that, that to achieve flow production, um, the management practice had to be non-zero-sum, meaning you know, workers have to be respected and they have to benefit from, from, from flow production as well as customers. And uh, he, he you know, had a good understanding of what uh, we call today continuous improvement and respect for people. Yeah, I mean, everything you're describing there certainly sounds like, um, you know, state-of-the-art lean management. Um, so with this discovery, how, how, did, how did Willard fall through the cracks? Why didn't we know about his work uh, any sooner than, than now? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, Willard, he wrote uh, numerous articles uh, uh, in uh, trade magazines and uh, numerous journal papers and, and technical journals describing his flow production system, and he wrote these papers beginning in the mid-1920s and into the late 40s and mid-1950s. Um, uh, his technical papers were published in, in a widely read journal at the time called Machinery, and for some reason those papers, as well as his 1954 book, which was titled uh, uh, Principles of Mass and Flow Production, uh, fell into obscurity, and it's just not really clear why that is. Um, you know, the unfortunate thing, of course, is that Woolard's work is completely missing from current-day lean management literature, which, um, which is really a, 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 a big failure on the part of, of lean management researchers. Um, and it's amazing that over the years, the manufacturing and operations management people, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know exactly what happened, but somehow either missed or ignored or failed to give proper attribution uh, to Woolard's work. So... Yeah, as I said earlier, I was blown away by what I had read in the book and then tracked down his papers and, and the uh, detail that he describes these things. Uh, that you know, production system is amazing. And so, anyway, I felt it was really important to, to tell the lean community about Woolard's work. And so, uh, this past January, I published a, a 55th anniversary special edition 
of his 1954 book, Principles of Mass and Flow Production, and I added to that book his uh, paper from 1925 called some, or titled Some Notes on British Methods of Continuous Production. Um, just uh, a, a few weeks ago, Peter Seymour and I, we've been writing a paper um, that's intended to, uh, for operations management executives to introduce them to Woolard's long-forgotten work because that community doesn't know about Woolard either. Yeah, it's certainly um, a bit missing from, from the key texts and the key timelines, like you said. Um, so now that this has been, now that you've brought this back, the book's been republished. Um, you know, I've seen a copy of the book. I know there's more to it than just strictly republishing uh, the material from 55 years ago. What, what did you add uh, to this edition? Uh, I, I added um, uh, a preface, a, a forward, and an introduction, and the first 40 pages or so of the book contain you know, my commentary and analysis on Woolard's work, both as, as standalone, you know, here's what he did, also in the context of the history of flow production, as well as in relation to Toyota and the development of their production system. And, and I also added a, a summary biography of Woolard and, and a list of his uh, many publications. Um, I, so in, in one of the sections in the beginning of the book, I, I, I inform people that it's important to recognize that Woolard's work in flow production in the mid to late 20s predates Kichiro Toyota's interest in, uh, who's the founder of Toyota, in, in uh, flow production by almost 15 years. And that uh, Woolard's work was well publicized in technical automotive production and engineering journals. Uh, the paper he wrote with uh, uh, William Morris's uh, ex you know, explicit approval um, demonstrated their very strong desire to share the details of their, their innovative continuous flow production processes with other people. And uh, the intent, I, I believe, as well had to be to showcase uh, British industrial prowess. Um, so the, their work, you know, was not in any way a secret to anyone who would be interested in automobile production methods. There, the, that information uh, on flow production at Morris Motors was, was easy to get for anybody interested in that type of thing. Um, in addition, uh, I also describe how it's clear or, uh, that um, Ford was not uh, Toyota manager's only influence. Uh, British and continental European automakers had customers who were a lot uh, more like Toyotas in terms of wants and needs, and whose factories were on a smaller scale that Toyota could uh, people could more easily learn from in the early days. So I think this would have been much more relevant to Toyota, you know, between 1935 and 1950 to compare it to Ford's customers, and, and Ford's just really expansive, you know, vertically integrated production facilities. Um, so, you know, so one of the obvious questions that this leads to that I address in the introductory pages of the book is, you know, was Kichira Toyota influenced by the work of Frank Woolard and by Morris Motors? And so, um, you know, in the, in, in, in the foreword, uh, I very closely examine published records, corporate histories, timelines, etc. And, uh, it's interesting to note that Kichiro Toyota visited the UK in the early 1930s to visit uh, automobile companies and uh, and machine tool makers uh, of, of you know automotive machine tools and so forth. And uh, it, it suggests he he may have uh, known about Woolard's work and that you know it could have influenced him and other managers 
in their efforts to develop their own production system. Um, there is a very strong, you know, circumstantial evidence. There is no um, uh, sort of smoking gun evidence, so to speak. But but I lay out the evidence, and it's uh, it's quite convincing. Yeah, I mean, it, it it seems very reasonable that Willard's work could have been discovered and could have been a big influence that led us here to, to modern day lean. So, you know, looking at the lean world today, how could modern day current practitioners of lean learn from going back and, and reading Willard's work? Uh, I think some of the, what, what it can help do is help people understand how advanced Willard was in his thinking and practice of flow production, you know, uh, 90 years ago. Um, he, he understood that achieving, um, uh, this is, you know, important points here. He understood that achieving flow and production alone was not enough and that managers and workers have to connect all processes from beginning to end to achieve flow throughout the business. And this is 1925. He's, uh, you know, talking about this stuff. So it highlights the, the um, uh, you know, the, the limitations of today's focus on operations excellence, for example. You know, we have to go beyond just what's happening in operations. Um, also, his, his pioneering work in, in low-volume flow production tells us that to achieve flow, managers have to discover innovation such as standardized work, just-in-time supermarket automation, either by, their, by themselves through their own efforts or through the work of others. Um, it seems that if you're striving to achieve flow, it's driving every manager to more or less the same set of principles and practices. I think readers will also you know, benefit by realizing, uh, as Woolard did, that flow production is not going to work properly if it's used by management in a zero-sum, win-lose manner, uh, you know, where the company benefits from process improvements, but employees um, who are redundant, uh, who are made redundant by process improvement are, are laid off to reduce labor costs. So there's some understanding that, you know, if for flow to exist, the interests of the key st stakeholders uh, must not be marginalized, that, that flow must cause no harm, and if it does, then, of course, material and information won't flow. I mean, finally, the, um, the book also informs lean management practitioners that many of the problems they face today are not new ones and that the ways in which these problems uh, are successfully uh, dealt with are very similar. Right. So to to wrap up, can you can you tell us, you know, so what what happened to Willard to Morris Motors? I think a lot of us might not have ever heard of the company. Um, you know, if you can kind of share what happened there and some final thoughts. Well, Americans would probably be most familiar with Morris Motors in terms of the MG motor cars. Um, but anyway, Willard he passed away in in in, in late 1957, and and apparently so did his life's work. Um, he had a daughter, Joan, and she was an accomplished artist, but it doesn't seem like she had a lot of interest or capability in keeping her father's work alive. Um, she just passed away a couple of years ago at the age of 92, I think. Um, anyway, um, Willard's colleagues, you know, in the day had tremendous admiration for him and his accomplishments, but, um, all, you know, almost all of them except one colleague, uh, you know, has passed on, and really nobody has carried his work forward until now. Um, Morris Motors, as I said, was the maker of MG uh, uh, motor cars. That ceased to exist in 1952, uh, Morris Motors, uh, when it merged with Austin Motor Company to form the British Motor Corporation. And um, 
you know, unfortunately, innovations in production methods and machinery just are, are, are not sufficient to ensure long-term company success. Uh, and, you know, managers and, and workers, and uh, they got to excel at, at a lot of uh, other business processes, including voice of customer and and uh, uh, com- coming out with new designs and short cycle time product development, um, uh, introducing new automotive technologies, aftermarket service, et cetera. I mean, the production process alone or production system alone is, is not going to make a company successful long term. That in and of itself, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that, right. Well, so I, mean, you know, I want to thank you for you know, the, the new book and, and bringing Willard's work to our attention. So do, do you have any final thoughts uh, to kind of wrap up the discussion? Well, I, th- I think my research on Woolard's life and work offers some important lessons, and, and that, that one is that uh, great ideas and practical innovations are, are, are either built off the work of others or sometimes they're, they're de- developed independently. But it's important to dig and ask questions because doing so is going to improve our understanding of the history and evolution of, of innovations that greatly uh, benefit and enrich society. Um, as, as probably many people know, when people discuss the origins of lean management, the conversation really centers around Ford Motor Company and Henry Ford and Charles Sorensen, and of course Toyota and Kichiro Toyota and Taichi Ono. And I think this research suggests that the conversation now needs to include Morris Motors and, and uh, uh, William Morris and Frank Woolard. And perhaps it should include others as well. You know, we'll, we'll only know if researchers keep, uh, keep digging. Well, you've dug up, uh, dug up some interesting stuff here. Uh, if people are interested in finding out more about this book, your work, your other publications, what's the best place on the web for people to track you down? They can go to bobemiliani.com, B-O-B-E-M-I-L-I-A-N-I.com, and you can see a summary of the, uh, of the book contents and the reviews and so forth there. Okay, well, great. I encourage people to do that and uh, check out all of Bob's uh, previous works and the Real Lean guidebooks uh, or, you know, and other publications he's put out. It's great stuff. So I want to thank you for taking time out and sharing your work with us, Bob. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.